individual product, no matter how good it is, does not solve financial independence. A game plan solves financial independence. And we realized what we do has nothing to do with taxes or real estate or vaults or, or leverage or any of that. It has to do with a game plan, the real tangible thing. Like if I could make it a thing that I could put into your grocery cart, it would be the game plan. Welcome to the Rise Up Live Free Podcast, where we're going to be giving you the exact blueprint to reach financial freedom in 10 years or less, regardless of your age, your income, or your experience. You see, we believe that 97% of traditional financial advice is dangerous, misleading, or outright wrong. And we're here to empower you on how you can use money and cash flow as a tool to create, build, and live a life you love now rather than having to wait until you're 65. If you're ready to take immediate action, join us over at cashflowtactics.com forward slash podcast. All right, all right. Welcome to the Rise Up Live Free Podcast, your one-stop shop for all things financial freedom in 10 years or less. I am honored. I'm excited today because I got my man Brad Gibb on the microphone with me today, and we are going to be discussing the core, like the red hot core of what makes cash flow tactics actually work. Now, most people don't talk about this the way we talk about it. In fact, as you're listening to this, this podcast today, I want you to kind of analyze where you're at inside of your financial life, both the results that you have and how empowered or how stuck you feel. I would venture to guess that if you're in a position where you don't want to be, you do not have the element, the ingredient that we're going to be talking about. So Brad, what are we going to be talking about today, my All friend? Right. So I'm going to open it up with an analogy. I love analogies and stories. That is how my brain is programmed. You have to tell me a story or I'm not on board. As much as I love spreadsheets, if I don't see the picture of what we're trying to do, then I'm stuck and frustrated. So the analogy I'm going to use is this. You are hungry, Ryan. It is, let's see, late in the afternoon and your wife tasked you with going to the grocery store and getting some groceries, Okay but she did not give you a list. She said, just go get the groceries, okay? So you go to the grocery store and you're walking up and down the aisle doing what uh, you're supposed to be doing here. What is going to end up in the cart inevitably? Oreos. I was gonna say, it's Oreos for me, okay? <laughs> okay, but after you put the Oreos in there, right? And hope nobody sees you, even walking up and down the aisle, right? You're gonna end up putting a lot of food into that cart, right? If you were, if you were tasked, like go get food. Great. We put a bunch of food into the cart and then you check out and you're going to put that in the back of your car and drive home. But when you get home again, if you didn't have a list, especially if you were a little bit hungry, you're going to get home and you're going to realize that you have nothing to eat. You have a lot of food, but I just went to the grocery store, Brad. Where's my food? Exactly. You're going to have nothing to eat. Okay. So a bunch of groceries is not the same thing as a meal plan, right? Or all the ingredients necessary to then prepare a meal. Does that make sense? Absolutely right? makes sense. Okay. But inside the financial world, so the title of this podcast today is a bunch of strategies is not the same thing as a plan. Okay. And think about that analogy of grocery shopping. And this is what most people, if you look into your financial plan right now, everybody take a second and like think through the assets that you have. Okay. Well, Do let's they... break down the word financial plan. I mean, I think that's casually thrown around. Like what is the average financial plan today? What does that even mean? 
Brad, what do you think? I'm giving you the answer. You drew a blank. So I'm giving you the answer. It's a oh, blank. It's Most a blank. people got don't it. know, right? Got it, got it. Well, look, here, here's, here's how my financial plan worked back in the day, right? I mean, it just was social conditioning. I didn't really have a plan. I didn't, you know, back in the day when we first started working with people, it was interesting because we would receive leads from guys like Mike Dillard, guys like the Palm Beach Newsletter, uh, Mark Ford, they would talk about how awesome this thing is, you know, the, of the vault is and they would send people our way. But they would send people our way. Did those people come with a plan or did they come with um, you know, a desire for a product? Yeah, they didn't know how to ask for a plan, right? Yeah. So they came thinking, I just need to put the right stuff in my cart. That's it right there. So they came thinking they needed to put the right stuff in their cart and they thought a product would solve it, yep. right? If they had the right product, then everything would work out. But really, ultimately, a plan is completely different than a bundle of products, right? So what, when we're talking about a financial plan, what does that consist of, Brad? Yeah, so I wanna, one thing popped into my head, I wanna say for before I get it and we'll go through. So before, as, as you're now thinking about your plan and realizing that a plan is just, the traditional is just get a bunch of good stuff, right? Compare your plan to your shopping cart, right? What do you have in there that was impulsive because you were hungry? What's your Oreos, right? 90% of you are going to say Bitcoin, right? The only reason you have it is you were stuck and frustrated and wanted to be satisfied and feel like something was good, right? So you threw that in there. But then how many of you have like mutual funds that are like target date 2060, right? That's like the sugar and flour and milk and eggs that after you stuck in the Oreos, you're like, oh wait, no, my wife told me I needed to get food. So what, what are food things? Oh, eggs and milk and sugar. But again, then those aren't going to magically turn into food either without all of the elements, right? And then what's probably missing, right? You probably don't have life insurance in there because that was a bad idea and that's not fun. So that's like the salt, right? Try cooking anything without salt, right? It's not exciting at the time when you're at the grocery store, but it's missing those elements as well. So take a second and look at your plan, right? Giving you the, the air quotes plan and do some assessment and be like, wait a minute, you're right. This is just a conglomeration of a bunch of stuff. It's not working together. So that Dang brings it, us Brad, and helps You're making us. me hungry. I didn't know you were such a good cook, man. Look getting all that. these ingredients right? together. Yeah. So you asked me what, what is a plan? Yeah. Right? So a plan, just like a meal, we, we have to know what we're preparing. Boom. We have to know the end. Okay. So let's pull that out as a key concept. And I want to dive deeper down this rabbit hole because if you have some semblance of a plan, you have some semblance of what you're trying to accomplish. And in traditional finance, Brad, where people have traditional, beautifully designed financial plans, what is the end goal? It is retirement, yes. right? Typically. And it's very nebulous, but that would be the word most people would use. Okay. So now again, and there's so much power in words and you kind of correlated nebulous with retirement. Okay. So we have a plan. The end goal, the outcome is retirement. What does retirement, like if you really take a moment and try to dissect that single word, how powerful this, this exercise is, what does retirement actually mean in context of money? It means I have enough money to where I don't have to work any okay. longer. I don't have so to produce anymore. If we have an effective plan that's working toward effectively to get us to the outcome and the goal that we have, which is I have enough money, to where I don't have to work anymore, and this is somehow encompassed in the word retirement, should there be some way to measure your progression towards that end goal? When you say that clearly, the answer is, well, obviously, yes. However, 
again, without a clearly defined target of knowing how much money that is, there's no way to measure progress. And anytime we try to measure progress and we get a little worried about it and we ask our financial advisor, the answer is you can't measure progress. Just stay on the path and it'll all work out. Okay, so I wanna just pull this out because man, I think sometimes we take this for granted, but this is tremendously empowering, guys. Wherever you're at, in your car, in the gym, in the Facebook community with us listening to this right now, ask yourself this question. Do you understand what winning looks like inside of your financial plan, right? If you don't understand what winning looks like, then it's really hard to measure your progress towards a definitive outcome, which is winning. So if your idea is retirement, and Brad, you kept talking about this sum of money, well, how much money does someone have to have to be able to retire? Oh, more than I have now. <laughs> more than I have now. Isn't that the crux of the entire problem right there? Because this idea of retirement is one day you'll have enough money, but there is no definitive answer to what that means. And when you stop, right, Brad, how many, I'm going to juxtaposition having a plan with a game plan. So how many game plans have we done with people over the last seven years? Rough estimate. Oh man, just in the last three, since we got really focused on casual tactics, didn't we just barely crest a thousand game plans yeah, recently? Just right? crested so a thousand. A, a thousand inside the framework, very defined to what we're talking about right now. But Ryan, you and I together, I would be surprised if it was not north of 3,000 game plans. I think you and I had each done a thousand and then we came together and did casual tactics. Now we've done a thousand inside of casual tactics. Okay, so 3,000 game plans between the two of us. When people come in without the frames that we give them inside of casual tactics and we ask them, how much money do you need to have to be able to retire? Have you ever heard someone put a number to it? I would say less than 3% of people have ever been able to put a number to it. And then when pressed, those people were not confident about that number. Okay. Okay. So guys, this is the crux of the problem. And I would venture to guess that this isn't by default, like that the financial industry that has billions of dollars and, you know, thousands of people involved with it from the government all the way down to the, the financial advisors. Do you think they not know that, Hey, people want to retire one day. That's, that's the whole reason that we're in business is people give us our mon their money with the hope of retiring. So if with all of this experience between all of these thousands of people and the multi-years that this has been involved, do you think they, that they not, have they ever heard this before? Well, I don't know if I'm on track or off track. How do I know if I'm winning or losing? How do I know if I'm going to be able to retire? Have, do you think they've ever heard those kind of comments? Yeah, of course. They ask. So why the is there not more clarity around what winning looks like inside of the financial space? Oh man, do you want Yes. Do you want like the innocent answer or do you like do you want the goldfish advisor answer or do you want the behind Give the me answer? Brad Gibb, you have been on Wall Street. So you work behind the black curtain with Goldman Sachs. Give me the truth of why this is. So behind the curtain answer is it was designed from the beginning to make you not empowered, not know if you're on track and stay in the game as long as possible. Because if you're not confident that you're winning and there's no other path, you're in the game longer and someone else is in control of your money longer, feeding their machine longer than yours. So it's, it is baked in to the system that there is this nebulous, maybe some end date, but really you're never taking your money out. That it's by design. Okay, so if it's by design, are you telling me then, are you telling me then that by design, the financial institution from I go to school, I take my hard earned money after you know sacrificing blood, sweat and tears in a job and I hand it over because that's what I've been told to do. I hand it over to a financial advisor who's a fiduciary, who has acronyms behind his name, who's a really nice person, all the things. 
Are you telling me that behind all of this facade, it's designed to keep me stuck and disempowered with money? Yeah. And it's not like they sit around and say, I want to torture Ryan Lee, right? It's not necessarily that, but it's built and designed for their ends and outcomes, which requires your capital for long periods of time. It's like a casino, right? It's designed to keep you in the game and keep you betting, right? By design. So it it is very much intentionally designed to keep you there. It is the end not a means to your end of retirement, if that makes sense. That makes sense because, man, I'll tell you what, this is the thing that's when you and I and Jimmy decided to launch Cashflow Tactics, I'll never forget. You know, we had, we had success in what we did, right? But it's hard to understand what we do from the outside looking in. It's hard to understand what a game plan is, how to become financially free. We have to break down so many barriers because what we're trained, taught, and educated to do is exactly like you said, to just cross our fingers, hope that it works out, hope that they, as nebulous as they are, have our best interest in mind. And somehow one day, without knowing what that day is or what, knowing what the number is, that it's all going to work out and I'll have enough money, right? That's what the hope and the dream is that the masses have bought into, right? And so when we, launched, when we decided to launch Cashflow Tactics, I'll never forget going to Russell Brunson, our coach, mentor, and guide in the beginning for years, for two years, right? And we kept coming back with different angles towards this strategy that is now Cashflow Tactics saying, look, what if we try to pierce the market this way? What if we try to pierce the market this way? And every single time for two years, they, definitively, Russell and the rest of his inner circle would tell us what, Brad? Never Stop. Ever. It's not going to work. You can't do that. Why don't you just focus on selling real estate? Why don't you just focus on selling taxes? Why don't you just focus on selling vaults? Forget financial freedom because it's too hard, right? And year after year, month after month, I'll never forget for those first two years, we would leave Boise after these masterminds and we'd scratch our heads a little bit. We're like, what are we doing in this room? Like, we don't know how to market what we have, but were we ever, I mean, I, in moments of joking and in moments of weakness, yeah. we might've said, yeah, man, let's just go do the easy thing, right? And I remember one time we almost did it, right? Yeah. One time we almost decided to go manage a hedge fund and we did that for a couple of months. We're like, ah, oh, man, this is yeah. not what we want. Brad, why? Why have we stayed so committed to this path? I'm going to answer it as well by talking about too, like, so Brad, you said that this is all a big conspiracy. Does that mean my financial advisor is involved in that? The brilliance of this is that person is not. They're bought into the same exact set of lies you are. So they, in good conscience, under the fiduciary requirements of what is in your best interest, right? They can, they can still interact with you that way, right? So the people designing it are not the people promoting it and talking about it. Everybody's duped. Everybody's in the same fishbowl, right? And that's what drove us was this concept of, wait a minute, if we came out and just had a couple really good strategies, right? Because our tax strategies, incredible, right? And our real estate strategies, incredible, right? And some of our, our leverage strategies are incredible, right? But if we just gave a people a bunch of strategies, we were just helping them pick better products and, and we end up with the grocery store problem all over again. Because an individual product, no matter how good it is, does not solve financial independence. A game plan solves financial independence. And that's the clarity we got as we spent time refining and working and trying to communicate this message is we realized 
What we do has nothing to do with taxes or real estate or vaults or, or leverage or any of that. It has to do with a game plan. The real tangible thing, like if I could make it a thing that I could put into your grocery cart, it would be the game plan. That is the center of what we do. All right. And it so can I want to clearer and clearer. I want to break that down just a little bit. And then we're going to talk about what a game plan is because yes, we want a game plan, but is the purpose of the game plan to neatly align all of the products in an order. So at the end of that, you have all of the products. No, no, the game plan. And this is why we stayed committed in the beginning, because Brad, this is what you, me and Jimmy are committed to not from a, hey, this is how our business runs, but from our personal lives. Like we have fought, bled, and sweat for this over the years in our own personal lives. We are committed to financial freedom. We are committed to personally owning and controlling our times. In fact, that's how this strategy came to be is you entered the fishbowl, I entered the fishbowl, and Jimmy entered the fishbowl in different forms or fashions, but we all arrived at the same conclusion in different parts of the world, in different parts of you know our personal strategies that this sucks. I'm stuck. I have no idea what to do. I don't care how much money's in my 401k. How much time do I own? How free am I? And I'll never forget, we sat down with a coach inside of Russell's group, Mandy Keene. And Mandy totally unlocked it for us. She totally unlocked it for us. Because up to that point, we were studying all the marketing tips, tricks, and strategies to try to get this message out there. And yes, those were tremendously helpful, but we didn't understand the value, our personal values, why we were so committed to staying committed to what we're committed to. So what was it that she unlocked inside of this personality assessment for all three of us? That we were unique in that none of us are, are inside of our core values. Money was not high on the list. Which so it is kind of weird money. for financial it, guys. Right, right. It wasn't rate of return. I mean, those things are measured as values. The one value that stood head and shoulders above the others was freedom. We wanted independence, Right. And that was unanimous across the three of us. And then we had just picked up the tool to get us there, which was money, right? So our, from the very beginning, our approach to what we are going to do with this is so fundamentally different, right? It's not, will this make us money? Will this keep us safe? Will this do what financial products are told to do? We only cared is, does this make me more free or less free? Does this make me more free or less free? And we, so we built from the ground up with the knowledge and experience we had in a way that no one else without that core focus could. And we built it from the ground up with just infused with freedom all the way across. Man, and I love that because that's really what the outcome is, right? When people think about retirement, it's nebulous because you haven't sat down and defined it. Definitively, retirement is no longer do you have to trade your active time for active income, right? You get to wake up in the morning and control your most valuable resource of time. Now, are you going to live in a cardboard box? Well, it depends on how much money you have put to work to then facilitate because we live in an economic world, right? You need to pay rent or mortgage. You need to put food on the table. You need to pay your electricity bill. So do have you built up enough assets, right? That produce enough cash flow without your time involvement to buy your time back. That's at the end of the day, that's what financial freedom or retirement is. So Okay. Before, before we build a game plan, is that where you're going? Yes. Okay. I want to interject. Can I nerd for just a minute here? Oh, dude. How can I like stop the Brad nerd? Like that would not work at all. All right. I'm asking for permission, but I wasn't going to not if you didn't give it to me. So, because I got some pushback on this recently, which is why I was so passionate about trying to put this together is we'll have people pop into the group or come onto a game plan call or stop us and ask us or like, what do you think about this 
one strategy, this one thing, right? Is it good or bad? Okay. And the problem that I've started to get my head around expanding with people is there's two things that prevent us from getting all the way to financial freedom. Okay. One is the low hanging fruit problem and one is complexity. Okay. Let's talk about complexity first. If I have five things in my plan and I'm able to manage and see how they all interact with each other and how they influence each other and how they're balanced out. Okay. Adding a sixth seems like I'm only adding one more thing to it, right? Five to six, man. So if I can juggle five, I should be able to juggle six, but that's not how the math actually works. When you're talking about connections, things get more complex, not by degree, not from five to six and six to seven, but it gets more complicated by order of magnitude because now that sixth thing is interacting with each other thing individually and each thing in pairs and it changes the nature of the beast by just adding one thing. So that one thing by itself in a vacuum might be awesome, okay? But when added to your ingredients, it may ruin the entire thing, right? It's like your kids making you soup. They're gonna put all their favorite stuff in there and pretty soon you have beef and noodles and gummy bears. Like gummy bears are really good, (laughs) but not in your soup, right? So we've got to understand the complexity of interaction that stops it. You would be amazed if you're listening to this. Like we've mentored Ryan with a lot of very wealthy people. Okay. And we've worked with lots of very wealthy people. How complex is their plan? So simple. How many things do they do? Three. That's it. Because that's all that can be effectively managed toward the outcome. Okay. The second problem to geek out on is the low hanging fruit problem. Right, and this happens with CPAs all the time. Oh, I signed well, up my let's, CPA. Before you go to the okay. low-hanging fruit, let's talk a little bit about, again, this conspiracy or this cleverly designed facade that we live in. Because now, if it is order of magnitudes more complex, right? If you add Bitcoin to your mutual fund and then you add owned real estate to your, you know, to whatever, the gold and silver that you have in some brokerage account, Right now, you've got all these things, right? And how do they interact towards this outcome of I want to retire one day, right? And this is where things start to get a little bit hard for people because they realize, well, I don't know what gold and silver is going to do compared to my real estate, compared to my Bitcoin. I don't know how, how does it all work, right? And so then what do we do? Well, Brad, you're not smart enough to manage and handle that complexity. Yeah, You're not smart enough. There's... There's this dude or there's this this gal out, you know, in an in an office somewhere. They have a bunch of acronyms behind their name and they're going to manage your properly and well diversified portfolio. And don't worry about it. Guess what? It's not going to cost you anything. We just take a percentage off the top, real simple and easy, no big deal, right? Now we're not going to go into the math behind that, but dude, is that not where this idea of look, you're not smart enough, you can't yep. handle freedom, so let me handle it for you. Now that's fundamentally that will never work. No one, no one will ever care. Brad, I love you a lot. You're a great guy, but do I care more about the success of your life than you do? No. I can't, right? I can't. And so like, man, I can't step into your world and say, Brad, I really want you to retire. I really want you to be financially free and I'm gonna do everything, everything that you're unwilling to do for you to ensure that at 65, even though you have no idea how it's gonna work, at 65, you're magically gonna have enough money. Don't worry about it. Yep. That's the, that's the lie. Yep. And then the only way that they can manage stuff like that is they say, oh, don't worry. Don't worry. We, we got a fund for that. Right. And so then they take out the uniqueness and the benefit of each of those, 
individually unique things and they just dump it all into the sausage grinder of, well, we'll have a fund for that. And then yeah. that again is designed with the end of being there after their ends, not your ends, and they need your money to get there. And well, so it just, it pulls you back into the same system. That's where target date funds came from. Let's take yeah. all the 45 year olds, let's put them in this fund and by, you know, it'll diversify out over 20 years. Let's take all the 55 year olds and put them in this fund because they have, I'm, I'm sure they all want the same thing, right? <laughs> I mean, yep. gosh, or, guys, yeah, I hope or they're like, oh, this. you like the tech sector. Cool. Don't pick the one stock. Let's just get a, a bunch of stocks that are all tech. Like, and then you can feel like you're doing the thing, but not actually there. Awesome. Okay? So the second, the second piece to this is, is the low hanging fruit problem. So the low hanging fruit problem is, and we get this probably with CPAs the very, very most. They're like, yeah, I signed up with this CPA. He's amazing. He already saved me all of this money. Well, guess what? He's now done because he picked all the low hanging fruit. And if he doesn't have a strategy, if he doesn't have a game plan, if he doesn't understand how your wealth, where it's taking you, right? And what needs to happen next, they can't reach the next set of branches, okay? And this happens in, in a game plan as well. We can make the one move and then feel like, oh, this is gonna be amazing. But it's, mu it's easy to make the first dollar. It gets harder and harder and harder to make the next one and the next one and the next one, right? And so- we can't just stop with the low hanging fruit. We have to be able to push forward and understand what's gonna change as I get to year five in my game plan, into year seven in my game plan, into year 10 in my game plan, and not just be skimming across the surface. So th this is why people reach average. And Ryan, you love the cult of average, right? This is why we reach average and never go beyond that because nobody has a depth of skill specialized in the outcome that we're trying to attain. And we just pick all the low hanging fruit and say, well, you're back on average with everybody else. And so we're going to stop. Okay. So I want to, I want to give you a real practical example of this. And this is something we face every single day. So let's say I, not knowing exactly what I want, I've got this nebulous idea of retirement one day, and I'm going to go talk to two people, right? I'm going to talk to a retirement financial planner and that retirement financial planner, they see the world through the lens of one day, well, you'll have enough money and you can retire, right? Kind of this ill-defined idea of retirement. But I also have this, this other issue, this other need that I have that, hey, taxes kind of hurt right now. I'm making money and I don't want to have to pay taxes. So I'm going to also go talk to a CPA. Now, the CPA and the financial advisor, are they seeing the world through two different lenses? Completely different lenses. Completely different lenses. So if I go to the CPA, what's the lens that the CPA is seeing the world through? Your tax return. Okay. So what kind of advice am I going to get? Tax return advice. Yeah. So if Things I want- to make your tax return better. Yeah. So, okay. So here's the thing. I, I come with $100,000. That's my income. And I say, hey, CPA, I make $100,000. You're seeing the world through tax returns. You're going to tell me to do what? Things that would reduce your, at least on the on paper, reduce your tax return. So okay. 401k contribution. Boom, or, or right create there. A, create a deduction of some kind, yeah. Okay, so I'm going to put my money in a 401k. Mm -hmm. CPA just won the game, right? And I'm feeling pretty good because I walked away from my CPA and I got a, de a tax deduction because I put my money in a 401k. Feeling smart. Yep. Feeling smart. Now I'm going to go over to my financial advisor. I'm going to say, financial advisor, I want to retire. What's my financial advisor? If they're doing the job, hopefully anywhere close to the right way, they're going to say, well, how much income do you want, right? How much income yeah. do you want? And then they're going to reverse engineer, well, how, many, how much assets I need to produce. But, but what did I just do with my taxes? 
you, you probably just push them back up. I just deferred them, right? I just deferred yeah. my taxes to the very thing I'm saving for. Now my financial advisor and my, my CPA, they're at odds, right? They're two separate ingredients meant to accomplish separate things. The financial advisor wins when he maximizes my income. And if I've deferred my taxes, it makes it harder to maximize my income. The CPA wins when he lowers my taxes. But if he defers my taxes, then he's making the, my, yeah. my financial advisor you, job. Yeah, difficult. you didn't ask him be like, how do I pay the least amount of taxes in retirement? You asked him, how do I pay the least amount of taxes yeah. tomorrow, right? Right, and that's how a CPA wins. So guys, this is the problem. This is the problem. You've got all these siloed pieces of advice meant to give you a siloed outcome or solution. But when you take a step back, you're not trying to win a silo. You're not trying to win your taxes. You're not trying to win you know, how much money you have invested. You're trying to win your time back. You're trying to own and control your time. Okay, and that is the crux. So Brad, let's shift gears. What is a game plan? What is a game plan and why is this the red hot core, the center of what Cashflow Tactics does? Okay, so game plan starts, we already said this at the beginning, it starts with the destination. It starts with the definition of I won, right? A scoreboard, okay? For us, so the traditional scoreboard, if you can even get to one, is a net worth number, right? A big pile of cash, right? Or assets or, or whatever we have. The, the challenge with that is, Ryan, how long, when, it, what day are you planning on dying? Like, do you have a date? Man, I'm hoping it's gonna be well into my hundreds, baby. I'm gonna live it. But you, but you have no I idea. I have no idea, yeah. Right? So that approach already is dead in the water because we can't actually solve that problem. We can guess, but just like skydiving, right? When you jump out of the airplane, it is really hard to get back in the airplane, right? And so when we retire and stop producing income and start spending down our assets, if we miscalculated that, it's really hard to then go at age 125, as long as Ryan wants to live, go back to work, right? And get back in the plane. All right, now I'm getting really pissed off because you're now exposing yet another <laughs> cleverly designed but uniquely hidden lie so you're telling me, you're telling me if I follow all the rules that now if I go to my quasi financial planner and say, I want to retire, that that problem is insolvable unless I can give him the exact date that I'm going to die. Not only the exact date that you're going to die, but exactly what the market's going to do in the meantime and exactly what tax rates are going to do in the meantime and exactly how much you're going to spend on healthcare in the meantime and exactly how much you're going to pay for your kids' Christmas gifts all the way through like, and exactly what inflation is going to be and exactly how much money the government's going to print like it is by definition impossible to solve. I'm, I'm really getting frustrated here, Brad. Okay, so <laughs> this is why though, the answer that I was trying to get to was our target that is measurable and definable is the same thing you're solving every day. Why do you get up and go to work? Why do you make the amount of money that you make? Because you have a set amount of expenses that you're trying to cover. And I can solve the problem today that if my job pays me X, my lifestyle of Y can be solved. So we take that same path and say, well, that's what our investments should do. They should give us a paycheck the same way I spend my time today earning a paycheck. So we say, you're financially free. You've done a good job. You've won the game when you've turned your assets into the replaced you as the employee. They're now the employee working every day and giving you a paycheck. So we focus on cash flow exceeding our expenses. When my cash flow exceeds my expenses, I've now accomplished the goal and I've won and I'm financially free. What if I don't know when I'm going to die though? It doesn't matter because they'll work next week. Unlike you, 
right? Your assets don't get tired. They don't get sick. They don't take vacations. So if I can set it up in such a way that it works continuously, it will continuously produce income, not spending down an asset, but something that perpetuates its own income. Oh man. So here's the reality guys. A game plan is meant to help really help you see a clear path, right? When we launched Cashflow Tactics, we said, okay, look, if we understand the ins and the outs, the inflows, what we're trying to accomplish, if we have a clear definitive target, then we can actually put a time frame on it, right? Rather than this nebulous idea of, hey, maybe you can retire when you're 65, maybe if all the stars align like Brad just talked about. We said, look, man, with the right principles tactically applied to your life, to your goals, no matter where you start, we believe, and not only do we believe, we have definitive proof that anyone can be financially free in how many years, Brad? 10 years or less. 10 years or less. Whether you're 25 and just starting out or you're 55 and you're looking at your, you know, your cleverly designed, uniquely hidden financial plan that nothing's working out for you and you're starting to feel some anxiety about it, no matter where you start with the right principles applied in the right way, you can be financially free in 10 years or less. Own and control your time. And that's really the definition of it. And I want to take one more element of the game plan and break this down. Brad, you played football back in the day, yes? Surprisingly, if you looked at me, my physique, yes, I played football in high school, even though I'm five nothing and a hundred pounds soaking wet. So what yes, was your position? I played, football. I played corner on defense. Did you ever personally all by yourself win a football game? No. How are football games won? By the team executing the plan. Okay. So guys, think about it in a sports analogy. In a football team, what? There's an offense. There's a defense. There's a special teams. There's a coaching staff. There's plays that are well executed and designed. There's adapting to the other team and what's going on. There's a lot of moving parts within a game plan, all designed with one definitive purpose. Our score is higher than their score at the end of the game. That's what a game plan is inside of your financial life. And amazingly, right? There were games that we lost, even though we were a physically more talented team, mm -hmm. right? And there were games that we should never have won that we did won, even though we were not the most physically superior team on the field. And the defining element is not oft is generally not talent. Yeah. It's how well the game plan is executed. It's execution. Even in sports. It's how all of the individual athletes, the players, play together and execute a game plan meant to win, right? And that's really, if we now take a step back into your financial life, a game plan is meant to empower you in the conversation of money. It's not meant to give you really good tax advice because by itself, really good tax advice is kind of like that ingredient that by itself, unless it's an Oreo, it doesn't really do anything to fill you, right? Even if you eat an Oreo, I'm sorry, it doesn't really do anything to give you long-term health and well-being. But here's the reality, right? If we have the right elements, inside of Cashflow Tactics, you can see behind me, there's this pyramid. Brad, why did we launch Cashflow Tactics with this, what we call the wealth pyramid? What is this meant to help people accomplish? It's meant to help us understand the correct path we should be following. The path is not diversification. The path is not the grocery store cart. It is built layer upon layer in the correct order, right? Wealth is path dependent. It matters the order and the steps that we go in to get there. Freaking love that. 
Okay, I want to give you just one more analogy with this then, and then maybe the analogies will die forever. No, they hmm. won't. But my, my son loves Legos, loves them, loves Legos, right? He has a YouTube channel full of all the Lego inventions that he's made. This dude at eight years old made a Lego machine that solved a Rubik's Cube. I don't even know how that's possible. My son's way smarter than I am. But here's the reality. When you, so it's almost Christmas time, right? And we ordered a bunch of Lego sets. My son's going to get like this, I don't know, 5,000 piece Lego set where you put together, what is that? The Avengers like battleship that flies around in the air. Mm-hmm. So we're going to dump out all of these pieces, right? And on the box, there's this really nice picture that if all of the pieces are assembled in the right order, we get the right outcome, right? But what if I dump out all of those pieces and they're just in a pile? Is there much of a chance that those pieces will ever result in coming together in a very unique fashion to solve the outcome of the, you know, Avenger starship, whatever it is. Never randomly. Never nope. randomly. If you just randomly stick them together. It will never make the ship on accident. Ah, yep. Guys, or this is your even financial worse, plan. Even worse, if you miss or skip a step, right? How many of you have been like 98 steps out of 100 in and you're like, oh crap, <laughs> where does this piece go? And we have to take the entire thing apart or it doesn't work. Guys, this is the problem. This is the problem. If you are randomly putting mutual funds and investments and Bitcoins and blah, all the stuff inside of your plan, if you're not clear on what the outcome is, if you're not clear on why you're doing what you're doing, and if you don't have a path, because Brad, you just said it, wealth is path dependent, dependent, right? There's step one, there's step two, there's step three. And so cash flow tactics, the game plan is literally built to bring all of the pieces together, to bring all of the athletes on the team to do their unique things in a unique way, in a path dependent approach to get a definitive outcome in 10 years or less. That is a game plan, guys. If you feel in your side of your financial life that you're not getting the results that you want, if you feel stuck, if you feel anxious about money, if you feel disempowered with money, there's two things, right? You can deny it, and I think a lot of the world does that, right? They just blindly close their eyes. They have their contributions to their 401k automatically taken out of their paycheck so they don't have to think about it, and then they spend the rest of their money. Right, And they're just hoping with their fingers crossed that one day the beneficial, beautiful, benevolent Wall Street and all of their you know, cleverly designed plans will work out in their favor. And if they don't, then what's the, what's the outcome of that? Well, then they'll be a victim of their circumstances. And then hopefully the, retire, or the government will step in and solve the rest of it with an insolvent social security fund. Can you, can you guys see the hope in this? Can you see the, the, you know, how stuck people are? On the other side of that, Brad, is what do we ask people to do before financial freedom is possible? What's the very first thing we tell them to do? Rise up. Rise up. Come. Yep. Stop believing the lie that you're not smart enough or you're not you're not talented enough. You can't do it, right? And start to say, no one cares more than I do and I'm going to take control, right? Be willing to accept the responsibility that comes with freedom. Is it easy? No. No. It's not meant to be easy. Is it worth it? Yeah. And it's simple. It's not hard. Like I make it infinitely more complex than it needs to be because my brain likes to, but it's simple and approachable regardless of who you are. And, and the proof to that is we put together the, our five-day challenge, right? In five days of 20-minute videos and 10-minute exercises, we can construct for anybody a game plan that starts with where they are, where they want to go, and step-by-step step how to get there. Man, I, right? I love that because, man, it's so fun watching the people come through the community doing the, this, uh, 
you know, for the first time having a way to stack their assets, for the first time having a way to organize their assets, score and qualify where their money's going to the outcome that they want, man, it's so empowering to watch people's mindset shift. And guys, that's really all that's required. What you're doing is never going to work. It just, it's not. And so, you know, when we lead out in the marketplace, a lot of people don't like cash flow tactics. I think we're pretty awesome. But the first thing we say is, guess what? 97% of what you think you know about money, 97% of what you've been trained, taught, and educated about money is dangerous, misleading, or outright wrong. And it's not that it's bad. It's that when we take a step back and begin with the end in mind, it will never get you what you want, ever, right? It just won't. So if you can understand that, if you can get your arms around that, if you can accept the truth for what it is, then guess what? Our goal, it's not to help you do broken things better. I don't care if you come away with like a better version of a broken plan. It's to help you do the exact opposite. That's the crux of everything, right? If you're willing to do the exact opposite, if you're willing to rise up and take control, then guess what? Anyone, anyone can achieve financial freedom in 10 years or less. If Brad, the spreadsheet millionaire, can do it, if I, the high school dropout, can do it, if Jimmy, my goodness, if Jimmy could do it, anyone can do it. So here's the reality, guys. If you're ready to get in the game, if you're ready to be financially empowered, if you're ready to have a definitive game plan designed to win back your freedom, right? If you're ready for that, then Brad, what do they do? Where do they go? The place that everyone needs to, before we can tell you if real estate's good or how to save taxes or how to utilize leverage or how to create cash flow, before we can go into, and this gets people so frustrated, like, just tell me what to do. Like, just get a game plan and then I can, right? We will never just say, here's a bunch of strategies, go try to organize and put them together. So everybody that comes into our world, no matter where you're at, we put you through the process of this game plan and it's laid out step-by-step for free, in our five-day challenge. That's a, that's what we're taking you through in the five-day challenge is the beginnings of that process of creating a game plan. So you go to casualtactics.com forward slash challenge to get yours today. Boom. All right, guys. Join us on the next podcast where I think next time we're going to talk about Bone Thugs and Harmony. You guys probably missed All that. Right. Before right. we pressed the record button, we were saying, look, I <laughs> wanted to record a podcast on Bone Thugs and Harmony. So if you're ready to have a wake up, it's the first of the month Bone Thugs and Harmony podcast, join us on the next podcast where we dive into 1990s rap. All right, all right. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Rise Up Live Free podcast. If you're not subscribed already, then be sure to do that right now so you can get all of the latest information downloadable right to your phone. But before you go, what would it be like and feel like if you had your own personalized financial freedom game plan? If you like that, head over to cashflowtactics.com forward slash five day challenge. There, we'll walk you through step-by-step in just 30 minutes a day. Over the course of five days, we'll show you what's working, what's not, where you're stuck, and help you gain clarity for probably the first time ever in exactly what it will take for you to be on the path to financial freedom in just 10 years or less. If you're ready to go, join us at cashflowtactics.com forward slash five-day challenge. Until next time, take control over your finances, rise up, and live free.